right, friends, welcome back to Woo! this little special bonus episode of When Super Does special. Super Special When Doves Super, Podcast. Super special. I'm Ed's very excited today. Can you tell? He's very excited. I yes. am one of your co-hosts, Jared. I am Ed. And he is Ed. And we have with us today a super exciting, super special guest. Our first guest of yeah, when Doves Podcast. PJ, you're right? our first, first, first guest. First guest. First guest. We are very happy to bring on board uh, When Doves Podcast singer and creator and host of the Reform Beauty School podcast, PJ Brown. PJ Brown, welcome to When Doves Podcast. I also want to say PJ is a very close friend of our own Ed Miller. Is that not correct? True. Though? True uh, yeah, I, love, I am a huge fan. I She is one of the beautiful ones for sure, PJ Brown. Oh. One of the beautiful <laughs> ones. And it doesn't get any higher a compliment than that from us. On oh, thank podcast. you. I'll yeah. take yeah. it. <laughs> thank you pj so great to have you on tell us a little bit about you like where do you where did you come from pj brown how'd you get on this rock here that's you know three rocks from the sun whatever what brought you here what what you doing what happened here? well I, I was born in a crossfire hurricane right on that's <laughs> the um, way to write start. a song about that <laughs> someone should write a song about that for sure <laughs> um no i you know i'm a philly native um uh, I was born and bred here. My family's from the South, but I was the first generation born in the North. Along the way, I found my way into music. In that during that during that art journey, I found my way into music. Right. And I stayed, you know, mm-hmm. basically, yeah. simply put. And as with most people, um, you have to have two different um parts of life. Most people, you know, ha- have two different, like I always say, a day and a night, a day life and a night life. Yep. And my day life was for a very long time being a makeup artist. And then also my other hustle was being a barista. So I was always making coffee and mm-hmm. I had this really weird life for a while where I would work at a coffee shop early in the morning and then I'd go off and I'd do makeup all day. And then at night I would perform. Mm-hmm. And that was my life for a really, really long time. And I changed up recently and I stopped doing makeup in store and stopped doing makeup like in that way. And I, but I still love makeup. And I also wanted to dissect the beauty industry and beauty as a concept. So I started a podcast two years ago called Beauty Reform School. Awesome. And there you go. No, that's awesome. And I and I had such a good time uh, joining you for one of those podcasts. Um, it was so fun to chat. One of our connections was, of course, our 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 shared love of Prince. Right. Indeed. Um, which yes. I've mentioned on a couple of our own podcasts. I mentioned on mm-hmm. your podcast about how how did you first what, what was your first what was your introduction to Prince? Like when were you first aware of him? What kind of big, what kind of hooked you into his yeah. artistry and all of that? Well, I did. I did hear a couple of songs. Um, and I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, I, it probably was around the around the world in the day era that I heard my first Prince song, maybe. Um, and but I just it was just kind of like a footnote. I was just like, oh, that's cool music. Like, mm-hmm. because at the time I was listening to classical music, interestingly enough, um, okay. I was I was dancing. I was uh ballet dancing and um oh cool then the all the ballerinas back when i was in high school all the ballerinas hung out with the metalheads so i started listening to metal <laughs> it was true like i don't I know love what that. that was about but all the ballerinas hung out with the metalheads and sure so then i started listening to metal 
and believe it or not, it's not as far aligned as you would think. Um, classical music has a big part in metal, turns out. I, I just want to say, if I may interject, just today, <clears throat> I excuse me, I happened to see an interview with Metallica, because Metallica just released this new covers album, right? Mm-hmm. All these people have covered their, their songs from the Black album. Mm-hmm. And one of them is <clears throat> Elton John. Yeah. Elton John covered Nothing Else Matters with Miley Cyrus. Okay. Right. And so in the interview, it was Howard Stern was conducting the interview and he was interviewing Miley Cyrus, Metallica and Elton John and asking Elton John why he was drawn to that song of Metallica. He said, PJ, to your point, exactly. He said, because it's like it's structured like classical music. That's right. Exactly. Just said that today. So I think it's yeah. very funny that you said that. Yeah. That is uh. funny. That's yeah. Because I think that's, I think that's how the ballerinas and the metal has connected. I think we yeah. talked music and it, it yeah. made us connect in that way. It just, you know, mm-hmm. when I was 15 years old, me and mom were having not the best time. Uh, sure. you know, teen angst and all that. Teen angst. Absolutely. You know, they had gotten divorced a few years before that and my parents. And so, you know, it was a lot, a lot of tension in the house, you know. Right. Um, but my mom said the ever famous line that no parent that parents should not say, as long as you're under my roof, you'll right. live by my rules, that thing. And I decided to leave. So <laughs> I, I I planned it. Big plan. Packed a bag the night before I was ready to go. I slid out when it was time to go to school and I didn't come back. And I went to my um, my best friend's house at the time. And I was so, you know, I was sad. I was scared. I was invigorated, just like so many things. And my best friend said, I want you to listen to something. And she pulls a record, an actual out record out. Yes. And puts it on the record player, kids. And <laughs> she plays Princess Free for me. And I listened to that song and began to weep on the floor. Yep. Um, I played it about, oh, I don't know, 30, 40 more times that day. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And then I would play it almost every day. And I was then obsessed with Prince after that. I I wanted to hear everything that he had. Like, I was like, who is this guy? I want to hear all of it. Like, and she was a Prince fan. Like, she was a big Prince fan. So it just became a thing where she was like, listen to this one. Listen to that one. Ooh, listen yeah. to this album. Listen to that. Right. And it was just, it was that very typical thing where you were just sitting on the floor, like as, as you used to do with the albums thrown all over the floor and her picking up one after the other. And we're opening it up. We're looking at the artwork. We're listening. We're reading all the stuff inside. And you know, Princess oh. albums are very, very ornate and a lot to look at. Yep. And I'm just reading and looking at all this art and reading all the lyrics and just all that kind of stuff. And I was just obsessed from that moment on. So when was, was there sort of a sense because you have such a great sense of style yourself was, was there an immediate click for you? Like, did you hear his music and saw his style or did you hear his music for a while then notice his style and it just kind of amplified your, your um, attraction to him as an artist? My, my friend, the same friend I was telling you about, she was all in, she was wearing like this, the kind of bolero hat that he would wear. She had her hair a certain way. Like yeah, she yeah. wore a big hoop earring. Like she did the whole thing. And I thought she was the coolest person on the planet. And I really wasn't um, thinking in terms of his style for myself, like as far as how to dress. But I think later down the line, when I started performing, just the idea though, as I was saying to Ed, that you, the fact that Prince always put a lot of thought into his presentation 
be, was a definite influence on me. So I always felt like if I step out on stage, then I feel like the people who have come to see me deserve to see something. To see a show. You know? They need to see not only my singing, yeah. but they need to, yeah. you know, I want to, from the minute I step onto the stage, I want them to have something to say. You know, personally, I'm not going to tell other people what to wear on stage, but I just personally feel like it's just something that I owe people when I go out yeah. there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that makes perfect sense. And PJ, I'd love to ask you, like, so now, you know, you've been, you've worked as a musician for a long time, mm-hmm. worked in fashion for a long time. When you look back at that era, and you think about not only how it influenced you, but just what he was doing. What are the things that stand out to you about it, Prince's style, particularly in his heyday of the 80s? Like, what are the things that really pop for you in, in terms of that? I think that especially um, in the 80s, especially if you think about it, I mean, it was Prince and the Revolution. Right. And he was trying to revolt and protest against everything yeah (laughs) you know gender norms and uh you know what was going on in the world and just everything and then you notice that clothes were quite military influenced Mm. um yeah at that time you know like the famous purple jacket was military uh cut i mean obviously it was exaggerated and it was um feminized a lot but that's basically what it was what it was and like the long dusters that he had same thing you know a lot of their clothes had a lot of military uh, embellishments and epithets. And, but then at the same time, he was um, going, he was gender bending over to a more feminine thing. And he had kind of like the French fop thing going on as well. He mixed those two concepts together. And that was, that was really cool. I mean, I, I really liked how he mixed those two, you know, like he yeah. always would have a feminine and a masculine side to his outfits at all times. Right. And I, right, and right. I dug that. I dug that yeah. a lot. And, 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 and to follow up there, like if you look at the arc, um, PJ, and I know you like, like myself, um, you know, I became aware of him a little later in his career. I certainly wasn't aware of him when for you came out and the Prince. Yeah, I, had out. To, I had to double back <laughs> when we got to like dirty mind mm-hmm. um, and, and that look, I mean, you, you start seeing, like you said, it was interesting. I like, like you talking about the militarized kind of thing, but that look then right with the, with the, uh, the speedos, the briefs, the briefs, the, yeah, the, the, yeah, I mean, it, yeah. What, what was your impression of that when like that, that era? Like that- I felt like that was more punk. He was more on a mm. punk um, and a, he was more punk at that time. I felt um, and punk in the purest sense of the word, because he was all about rebellion at that point. And he, everything he was doing, I mean, even from like, okay, uh, controversy, obviously, like he's saying controversy, like he wanted to create controversy. He wanted to upset people. He wanted to flip people out mm. because I mean, obviously, like in the 70s, there was, a, you know, you got your Earth, Wind and Fire, you had your funk bands that were doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And he is definitely Ray. He was born and bred on funk. So mm-hmm. he was all about showmanship from listening to funk. But then when it was his turn, he was like, I'm going to take those those aspects of funk. I'm going to take all of that. But then I'm also going to throw some punk in there. And like, you know, that's why he did the spiky hair. That's why he was wearing the bandana. That's why he was doing that kind of stuff. But then he wore the Speedos, you know. Right. And then he went out there half naked to freak people all the way out. Yep. And And I think the genius, we talked about this a little bit. I mean, the genius, too, is like it just amplifies what the music was doing for him at the time. Like that 30 Mine album is a punk album. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. punk 
yeah. attitude, approach to his music at that time. And the yeah. look just reinforces that. Controversy 1999 leading up to Purple Rain. The style's kind of similar, right? It's that same purple jacket. So his right. style like didn't have huge seismic changes during that period. It almost felt like he, again, because we always talk about how we think he's so strategic. Mm. He was already seeing two albums down the road that he was going to really shape a very specific look that would be his explosion, this sort of atomic bomb of him worldwide with Purple Rain. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you have that, is that your kind of sense of it too? Like that kind of from say 81 through 84? He had a plan. You know, you can see if you look from one side of his career to the next, he had a plan. Like things evolved into, in a very specific way. Like he had a plan as to what he wanted his career to look like. Mm -hmm. And he took those, he took those little steps. And I definitely think that that was a thing. Be, I mean, not to jump too far ahead, but even so far as if you even just his hair, he was telling a story with his hair alone, you know, even all the way to the end, you know. And so I feel like that was the same with his clothes. And he would keep certain aspects of his fashion throughout, mm -hmm. but he also would shed things. You know, because he definitely is like a, you know, like a butterfly. And I feel like he would cocoon yeah. and then he would shed and then he'd come come back out with his next phase. And yeah, I a lot of rebirths like lot. for him. And PJ, what, what would you say? I think we talked about this a little bit, maybe on, on your pod, like in mm -hmm. terms of his influences with his style, like Little Richard, maybe Jimi Hendrix a little bit. Yeah. And maybe is, is, is that part of the calculation of what he's trying to get over to the public about his style, his the breadth of his style, what what he could play. Um, do you see a lot of it? Like, what influence did you see in his look from past artists and pa past musicians? Oh, absolutely. Purple Rain era, it was very much R R Little Richard. This other phase where he went back a little bit, where he went back to his For You time, where he did yeah. the very long, the very long hair, the blowing in the yeah. wind hair. Yeah. <laughs> Riding the Pegasus hair. Yeah. <laughs> that was his graffiti bridge phase. And yes. I Yes, yes. And I yeah. I I, I low-key like that a lot. But um because <laughs> we spent a lot of time talking, you know, in terms of the music, Jared and I, about when he gets past Purple Rain and there was sort of this conscious decision to basically say fuck you to the Purple Rain success okay. in a way and, and try to get, pivot away from it as much as he could. Parade comes out and it's like a boom. <laughs> totally and different I know look. You, and I know you love Parade, so I want you, you to You know talk I about, love Parade. That's such a shit. Is, in per, his look. is Parade Prince your favorite prince? Is that look your it favorite is. prince look? Yeah. Um it Parade, I, even if I, I would love to pretend like it's not. <laughs> Tell us more. Parade Tell Prince us more. is my favorite Prince. I, I love <laughs> lots of other prints, but Parade Prince was the thing that got me, like hardcore yeah. got me, for yeah. real. Like I love just everything from the music of it to the aesthetics, to his style. He went French on me and I was, and then he went, he also went uh, Matador, I mean, yeah, he already right, had the yeah. pants, but, you know, he did the little crop top. I mean, I'm just saying, he wore black and white on it. He just, mm -hmm. I just was like, oh, shit, no more purple. Gotcha. Got it. You know? Yeah. Because and, and, and I think that's why he went black and white. I honestly Yeah. Think. Yeah. Because yeah. he was I like, mean, get get that color out your head. He, he cleansed the palette with black and white. He wanted yeah. us to not think about color for a while. Yeah. That's what I feel. He went very uh, black and white on that. What 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 was it about that style that you liked so much? It was it was very clean. It was grown up. Hmm. It was like he was growing up, 
and he was maturing before our very eyes. He he was more uh, refined and more dapper. And he went, he, that's when he got into his, for me, that's when he got into his dapper phase. Mm. You know, like he, because before it was so frilly and foppy and, you know, and campy almost. That, and, But I loved it, you know, but then he went into, uh, you know, parade and everything was so streamlined and sleek and everything was just clean and, very much okay let's wear suits now and i loved it i just loved it and even the style like you know lots of people don't like that movie and i don't care but that movie is a delight for the eyeballs like it's it's i loved just watching it i could watch Mm it on mute why would you but i could you know right it's i i just enjoyed looking at it you know i love the album so of course i'm not gonna watch it on mute but i mean right but I, you could. It's just beautiful. It's very mm-hmm. beautiful to look at. Everyone was gorgeous in that movie. Every The style was so beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and he was on that. And I felt like he was saying, you know, like, I'm a, I'm a grown-up now. Like, you know, he was the kid. And now he's a grown-ass man. And, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that was, I was like, okay, got it. You know, no, check. You know, he yeah. was he was a grown man and then he did start to then he started bringing color back into his world but it was very much that for parade for me well we we talked about this because i think if we move forward and and i know sign of times is my favorite album uh, of mm-hmm. this and i know a lot of prince heads feel the same and i love the look of uh, i think it was one of my favorite album covers it's such an odd cover because it's him blurred out if you remember that we mm-hmm. you and i were talking about that but he yeah. shifts his color palette like you said to peach and black becomes yeah. very prominent um and and what, any sense of the significance of that just is personal preference or anything else that you think might be behind that that shift from purple to pe- peach and black i know this is going to sound really out there but i feel like peach and black had a lot to do with cat Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, Because that's her colors. Like, she is peach and black. Like, mm. she has that long black hair. She had that peach skin. Yeah. And huh. you know that he, like, obsesses on his muses. Yeah, he, does. he does. Yes, he does. Yes. And I think that I honestly, I, like, I could be wrong. This is coming from a completely un, you know, unverified opinion. Like, I just feel like peach and black was her colors like that was her skin that was her hair mm-hmm. and he went into peach and black and went off on peach and black and oh, i peach. just i just feel like that was it because because ev- everything else i look at i can't pinpoint anything else that could have inspired peach and black that's really interesting i think that's a really smart take on that i hadn't yeah. considered it but that i buy that that makes a lot of sense to me pj i had a question for you i would love to hear your take on this you know like so if we look at, back at, at this whole arc, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and especially when it was starting out, we know that Prince, you know, we know that his ambition was galactic, right? He yeah. wanted to conquer the world, conquer the mm-hmm. universe. How much do you think, in your opinion, was, you know, the, the various changes in the look over the years and the style was to try to appeal to a crossover audience, to try to break into like rock radio, to try to break into white audiences, or... Was it more about him always like, I'm going to stay true to myself and this is what I'm feeling at the moment? Or is it really a mix of, of all of these things? What is your it take was on more that? more stay true to myself. He was yeah. very much that in all ways. Yeah. Um, he just, everything he did was very much stay true to myself. Um, 
he his I feel like his uh, thought on that was either you're on board or you ain't kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, very much, very much that. And he didn't need his fashion to break through in rock because right. rock guitar was a huge facet of his sound. So he didn't need the the look. Yeah, to do that. Um, and mind you, like he had already won them one white audiences over with Purple Rain. Right. So he didn't have to win anybody at that yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, they were going to yeah. follow him anyway at that right. point. Right, right, um, right, right. And then, and then it did split off after a while. Like people who were true, true fans, they weren't going anywhere. And the people who were who wanted him to stay in the Purple Rain box, he didn't want them. He wasn't trying to win anybody. He wasn't yeah. trying to win win hearts and minds at all. I don't think. Yeah. You know, his his musical style always, I mean, you know, it always was, again, he stayed true to his funk roots till the very end. And yeah. he definitely had a lot of rock influence also. So, like, those were two things that were going to stay. No matter what his new music was going to be, he he was going to do that. Get past Sign of the Times and then we get into Love Sexy, which is such, mm-hmm. again, a mark change. He, he gets into the more uh, religious spirituality, gets really poured on his look there it's polka dots there's a lot of how would you i have more i have more trouble i have more challenges trying to connect his look there to the love sexy project that's maybe the hardest thing i can try to connect with each other i don't know if you have any thoughts on what his look around that time i'm gonna agree with you on that um i know some prince fans will probably be coming for me but don't come for me y'all but um but I I wonder, is it more than a coincidence um, that, like, if you think about, like, Madonna's, like, La Isla Bonita and all that other stuff, if you think about the fashion that Madonna did in that time, I don't, I'm, I'm sure she probably was influenced by Prince a bit. But there was, like, she had a lot of polka dots going on and they had, like, mm. ruffly, pant, ruffly pant legs and sleeves right. and a lot of that was going on. I I, I think that if I was going to really venture a guess, I would say that during the Love Sexy era, I think that he was fighting really hard because each time he transitioned into another phase, he had to fight for it. You know what I mean? Because people yeah. would get settled into whatever style he was in. So I think he was kind of trying to turn everybody on their head with that. Mm-hmm. That's the best I can give you. Like, I just think he was trying to turn everybody on his on their head with his style because mind you, he had just done that sleek, blah, blah, blah. And now he's like, okay, now I'm going to have some fun. Right. And I think that that was kind of his circusy kind of phase, like, you know, his way of just being dotty and weird. And like, he was just trying to, like, you know, he was just trying to do, I call it his spoiled brat phase. (laughs) (laughs) I love I love you calling it like sort of a circus in a way, because yeah. I remember that was the first time I saw him live was the Love Sexy yeah. Tour. And that was in the round. Right. Mm-hmm. So there was there was a basketball uh, net on on stage like mm-hmm. there was, he, he had the car come out from Alphabet Street at the end for the encore. Right. It ha- did have a circus atmosphere to it. Yeah. They were running cat and everybody else was and Sheila were running all over the stage. Very bright outfits. It was it did have a carnival kind of circusy feel to it. That's yeah. really Interesting take on that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. that's what I call that in my head. I call it his circusy phase, his little spoiled yeah. brat circus kind of thing. So yeah. Well, and this yeah. was an artist, right, who was so um restless 
right? Like he was always striving for the next thing and the, you know, the next thing and the thing after that and the thing after that. Uh, someone was saying how Prince had said that having that gift of the constant music in his head mm-hmm. was also more than a bit of a curse. Right. Right. That like, it's not like he, from what I gather, from what I read from this interview, from other things, like, it's not like he always enjoyed it. It was just (laughs) always in his head, this new style, this new thing. And it always had to come out because he was so restless. It always had to progress forward because if it didn't, he would have, he would have drowned under it all. Right. I would not be surprised if he had ADHD. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm like serious. I'm not saying it in a, in a joking no, way. No, like a for real way. way. A for real way, yeah. yeah. I, I believe like, it. I feel and like I, his brain was always firing. Yes, going. He felt he had a responsibility that mm-hmm. he heard all this music, that he it was it was a gift he had, that he had to share it, that he had to be as productive as he was, or he was wasting his gift that he right. had. So you have that combination of all this music playing in your head, and you're like, you know, some people might be like, I just, you know, I'm not going to get, I can't get all this out. He was like recording to, nonstop. Yeah getting the stuff out, giving it to other artists, et cetera, et cetera, all the way through. So, But then also think of this, where he literally, I mean, it, it, it would make anybody go nuts if you think about it, because not only, and I experienced this on a tiny, teeny, tiny level, where music is in my head all the time. And I just, I, I'm like, oh, I have to stop washing dishes so I can sing this melody into my phone real quick. Mm. And I have to, you know, write these lyrics down before I forget them. Imagine times that by a million, and that's what he's went through. Not only did he go through that, but he said, okay, so I'm writing this song, I'm writing that song, I'm writing this song. Um, that song's not going to be good for this album, so I'm going to save that for this album. Then he, That's three albums later that he already wrote right. a song for. And then he's also like, well, at the same time, I want to, what you know, what concept am I doing? Okay, I'm going to do Peach and Black. Everybody's wearing Peach and Black. I'm going to get this and that and the other. Oh, and while I'm at it, then I'm going to do this concert. I'm going to build the stage and it's going to look like this. There's going to be yeah, angels yeah. falling out. The, um, like, and by the way, I'm going to make this movie, by the way. I'm going to do gonna this, this too. I'm going to make this movie on top yeah. of that. And then I'm also yeah. going to write this song for so-and-so and I ain't going to tell nobody that I'm doing it, but I'm doing it. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, right. so, yeah. yo, like, you know Absolutely. what I mean? Like, that's a lot to deal with. That's a lot. single day. Like, that that's was his life all the time. Good night. I couldn't. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. You know? And he, but he did it like he did. And then I told Ed the one of the the funniest things he said once because somebody said, "Is that your favorite album?" And he said, "Because they said, what are you doing? I'm writing an album." And he said, "Is that? Do you think this is probably your best album, or what do you think?" And he said, "Well, it's my best album this week." (laughs) Yeah, that sounds right. Right, that sounds right. Right, absolutely. Because he's always writing. He Always. just couldn't turn it off. He just couldn't turn it off. Right. Yeah. And he said, he, when he just said, like, he's like, this week, sure. And yeah. you think about that, like, writing more than one album in a week. <laughs> yeah, on. it's insane. Like, what are you doing? I, His brain was set up different, and he absolutely. was determined. Like, he refused to work a little at the Dairy Queen. Like, he was like, I have to put right. this music out. Yep. Yeah. Although, the idea of rolling up to the DQ and having Prince be there is pretty funny. It's pretty yeah, exciting. Be, that, serving you ice cream and his little baseball helmet. He's like, here you go. Here's your. <laughs> and then he would, and then he would be like, um, "Ma'am, this is your seventh Sunday, and I, don't, <laughs> I for need your you own to, health, I, I need, need you to, to stop. stop." 
We're cutting yeah. you off now. We're cutting we're you cutting, off. We're cutting right. you off in the TQ. Right. You're, you're, just, you're just going in just circles around. I'm just going around. Picking them up. That's amazing. Just to finish, I thought maybe we'd finish like the arc of the of the 80s. Because sure. sure, sure. Jared and I just got finished doing the last two albums, which was Batman and Graffiti Bridge. Now you oh, talked yes, a little bit Batman. about Graffiti. Batman. Now, Batman, well, Batman, you know, I think it seemed to me that, you know, it was hard for Prince. Prince was leaning into what was already the look of that movie in terms of the yes. logo. There really wasn't a Prince, um, Prince-centric vision of that look at that he time. He did keep just, his cut of his suit, though. Mm-hmm. So, but let me, let me bounce to graffiti, because when we, we just got done gr- doing graffiti, and, and what we were noticing was, or what I noticed specifically with his music, you know, New Jack Swing's really coming on strong during that period. And it, it I, I had said on the pod that it might be the first time, in my opinion, where I felt Prince was chasing a trend versus creating his own trend musically. Like he was actually taking, getting some new Jack swing and bringing it into his music and adopting that style. Like, how would you describe that look when he transitions into the graffiti bridge project? He went a little bit, for lack of a better term, in my opinion, he went a little boho. Um, he had like the big shirts, yeah. Things were flowy. Yeah. Um, he would wear the, the beaded chains, like the hair was flowy. Everything was very fl- fluid yeah. in that phase. Um, you know, everything was, he had long swingy things. Not, if you'll notice, he, he had the loosest clothes in that phase, in that phase. Hmm. He didn't, he didn't wear tight little shirts. Yeah. He had very loose loosey-goosey things on um, yeah. in that phase, I noticed. His pant legs were even more flared. Like, he just had... Uh, everything was a lot looser, I noticed. Is that... that with, this, I'm probably making a point that you guys tell me this is ridiculous. Does that, that give you a sense of more of, like, a, a religious, like, a... We'll sign on to that. I will definitely co-sign that. I think, I think he was exploring, and I think he was looking into himself a little more, experimenting with who he was going to be next. Yeah. I feel, you know. With a little hint of that, like, as you said, that boho, like a little coffee house chic thrown in there. Yeah. Right. For, for good measure, you know, that, that, that cool, that, uh, how can I describe it? Like that chilled laid back vibe too, you know, Mm -hmm. was part of that mix for me, I think as well. Yeah. That was very much part of the new Jack swing thing. Well, that he was chasing something for new Jack swing though. I think, he was exploring more than he was chasing because he he had done so many different si- sounds at that point. And mm-hmm. I think that he was trying to just take on new styles just to like kind of wear them. You know what I mean? Let's put PJ on the spot with a couple quick questions. Yeah, let's do it. What's your favorite look of Prince's through that time period from say for, from for you to graffiti bridge? You know, come on, like you. Parade, are, right? You know, I love, I, I love. He had, he had some nice stuff. Don't get me wrong. I liked a lot yeah. of his looks. I really, really did. Right. Um, I, but parade is definitely my favorite uh, look for him mm-hmm. for through that phase. PJ, was there a video from him in the eighties that you that stands out to you as like, man, that's just uh, this is like a just an iconic Prince video. It just brings everything together. The look, the song. Is there a video that stands out in your mind? Mountains and I would die for you. I would die for you is definitely like it's like if, if somebody who didn't live on this planet was like, who's Prince? Like at, for that era, I'd yeah. be like that Prince. Oh, that's interesting. Cool. Give us your top three Prince albums from the 80s in your mind. Top three. OK, top three. I Around the World of the Day, definitely because it was my introductory album. So I do really love that album a lot. 
parade, obviously. And uh, is Sign Batman, of the Times Days, Batman right? soundtrack? Sign of the Times well, Days. Oh. Okay, so Sign of the Times, definitely uh, my other one. PJ, here we go. This is where it's going to be tough. Can you give us your top five Prince song? You only get five. Top five Prince songs from the decade of the 1980s. Go. I like Scandalous. Right. Uh, I like Free. You know, I like uh, uh, Sometimes It Snows in April. Yeah, mm. that's one of my faves. That's three. Love that. Um, Girls and Boys. Girls and Boys, a dark horse. Oh, I love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Girls and Boys is my shit. Yeah. Every time I yeah. hear it, I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Adore. Last one. And Adore. adore. Okay. That is a solid top five. Yeah. And <laughs> PJ, if you had to pick just one of those five, Someone puts a gun to your head. They drop in a desert island. They say you can only have this one last song. What's it going to be out of those five? Uh, if oh. I don't, if, if I had to pick just the one, just the one, I gotta say it would be a door. Yeah, there it is. That's a that's door. a good pick. That's you a can't good go pick. wrong. You can't go wrong. We want to, of course, thank PJ Brown. The thank beautiful you. one, this was PJ so much Brown. Fun. Please, folks, check out her podcast. Yes. Uh, please do it. Uh, we'll put a link. We'll it? put a link. Yeah, we'll put a link to the podcast on our social media so you can check it out. Yeah, when, when can they hear new episodes? Teacher? Every Monday. Every Monday, Beauty Reform School. Beauty yeah. Reform School, hosted by the mighty PJ Brown. <laughs> yes. So awesome! Uh, thank thank you. you for being our guest on Went Dove's podcast. It was so much fun. Thanks, guys.